and welcome to the Word of Life Church Podcast. We're delighted you've chosen to spend some time with us today. We believe that today's message has the power to inspire and elevate your faith journey. Before we dive in, we'd like to express our heartfelt thanks to our partners. Your generous contributions make it possible for us to continue spreading the gospel, serving our community, and carrying out our ministry. If today's episode moves you and you'd like to be a part of our mission, we'd invite you to become a partner. Your support has an everlasting impact and allows us to reach even more souls. Now, let's turn our hearts and our minds to the Word as we begin today's episode. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus that your word will be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And I know across all of our campuses and even those listening to the podcast and watching online that we all have lives that need the direct guidance of your Holy Spirit. And so, Father, I thank you that as we open up your word, we don't just see words on a page, but we see your Holy Spirit speak right to our hearts. When we leave wherever we're at, Father, I thank you that your Holy Spirit goes with us and reminds us to be doers of the word and not just hearers of it only. We love you, Father, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Uh, so do we have any parents here who are parenting teenagers? Let me just see your hands. Okay, more, more grace to you and, uh, you know, wherever you're watching. Like, I, I have two myself, and uh, then I also have a 10-year-old. And one of the things that I'm, I'm always looking for grace for is in communication, like how to speak to them, but also how to understand them. And when I say understand them, I don't mean like understand their emotions. I mean actually understand what they're saying because there's all kinds of words and things and phrases that I genuinely, as their father, have no idea what it means. Uh, case in point, the other day I'm texting about a football game and I'm like, had a good game and that type of thing. And I got back FR, FR. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with that. Uh, like I genuinely do, do not know what that means. So I'm like, do I exclamation it? Do I heart it? Uh, do I like thumbs up it? Uh, so I'm like, I, it, it gave me like a little bit of anxiety. I'm like, I don't know what to do. So I just put, Yeah. Uh, like I thought, yeah, would cover like all of my bases. Come to find out, FR, FR means for real, for real. Like that's what it means. So had a good game for real. He did. Like for real, for real. It's so for real. I'm going to say it twice. FR, FR. Uh, so all of these things are new to me and I'm trying to figure it out. The other night we had, um, um, you know, a cookie competition. We had some girls come over at our house and my wife got them all together to like make these cookies and then decorate them. And then you vote on who wins and that type of thing. So my daughter is in this competition and she makes these cookies and she decorates them and come, come find, she wins. So she takes a photo of it, sends it to some of her friends and she, she put this phrase and I had no idea it could mean this, but it's just... I ate. And I'm like, I, I ate. Uh, like, no, you didn't. Like, the, the cookies are still there. Like, you didn't eat the cookies. The, the cookies are actually on the plate, and you're taking a, a picture of them. Come to find out, I ate means I did it with style. Uh, like, that's what that means. Uh, I ate means I did it with style. The person that she sent it to responded with, and I left, you left no crumbs. And I'm like, but... She didn't just leave, like, the whole cookie is there. Like, what do you mean she didn't leave crumbs? Like, 
it's not like there's the whole cookie is there, uh, you know, and come to find out, uh, you know, I, I, you, you left no crumbs means it was done really well. Congratulations. Like that's kind of what that means. So I'm like, okay, like this is a new language for me. Uh, like on Christmas day, I'm just going to let you open up your presents. And uh, when you're, you're done, I'm just going to say, I ate. And your mother's going to respond with, and he left no crumbs. Uh, and I'm like, okay, that's, that's, you know, in your future children. Uh, so, but my, my favorite is let him cook. And if you're not familiar with let him cook, it just simply means like get out of the way and let the person who is really good at this be really good at this. Uh, so if you're watching a football game and there's a receiver who's hot, it's just like let him cook. Like throw him the ball. Uh, he's clearly in rhythm. He's clearly in motion. Um, and what I want to talk about today is just letting God cook. Uh, there are some things that God is really good at. Oh, come on, you, you, you can work. Come on, young people, help me with this. Uh, so there are some things that God is really good at, and most notably the miraculous, like all the stuff you cannot do. And when you are, are living in a certain way, you are living uh, with you as the star of the show. And what I want you to do is to get out of the way and, and let God cook in your life. And the way that you do this is by having a really strong prayer life. And so as we move over into a new year, and as we're going into what I believe is a season in God, where there's going to be many miraculous things that happen, I want to prepare your heart and mine, your family and mine, your ministry and mine for those things that I think God wants us to walk in. And so a, a big part of these things is going to be prayer, of like putting ourselves in a position to see it. Now, when you read the Christmas story, which is one of the things we're going to look at today, uh, you see God working. There is everything that I want to see in your life. Now, I want to pause just for a moment like that, because my kids are here today too. It's everything I want to see in their life. It's everything I want to see in my wife's life. It's everything I want to see in my life. And that is God becoming real. That this is not, uh, I'm a Christian because someone told me to be a Christian. This is, I'm seeing him move. In, in just a few verses, you see the Holy Spirit moving so wonderfully uh, in dreams and visions. You see him moving in divine provision. Uh, you see angels at work and doing like really cool things. You see the wealthy falling down on their knees and seeing Jesus. You see the poor and the shepherds coming and falling down on their knees and worshiping him. Like no matter how young they were, whether you're, you're Mary and every theologian tells us she's a teenager, or no matter how old you are in Elizabeth who sees God show up in a miracle in her physical body by giving her John the Baptist, like... The young, the old, the rich, the poor, they are all seeing God move, and not just move, but move in a way that they cannot deny it is him. And this starts, of course, with Mary, and, and Mary, as this teenage girl, she has an angelic visitation, and, and watch how this plays out in the book of Luke, Luke chapter 1. Uh, and let's look here in verse number 30. And the angel said unto her, do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and shall call his name Jesus, and he will be great and be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will have no end. 
And Mary said unto the angel, how can this be? How can this be? Now, I want you to notice the situation she's in. God is promising her a supernatural life. He's telling her something is about to happen that is only what God can do. God is going to display his majesty in your life, which is is something that you could never do for yourself. And she's at this place, when she hears this, she's wondering, how can it be? And and I think so many times when we look at the the promises that God gives us or the the promises that we have in our hearts of what God has promised our families or promised our life, we would look at the natural and then we would look at the promise and ask, how? Like, how am I going to get from point A to point B? How am I going to get from this promise to a reality? Like, I know God has promised healing, but look at this situation. I know God has promised provision, but look at this situation. I I know God has promised this, but how? And so it's a very real question of, like, how can this be? You're promising me this supernatural life, but I'm looking at my natural situations, and I, I see, like, a big gap between those things. And watch his answer to her. When she asked how, watch what he says in verse number 35. And the angel answered and said unto her, How? The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. And I love this thought of like, how? Y'all tell you how, the Holy Spirit. How is this going to change the Holy Spirit? How is this going to move the Holy Spirit? How how are we going to see this happen in our family? I'll tell you how, the Holy Spirit. How are we going to see this promise turn into reality? The Holy Spirit. The power of God is going to come on you. And that's what you see literally all throughout the Christmas story. I encourage you when you're looking at this all throughout the week, and please look at the Christmas story. Like Genuinely, if you don't, come back next week uh, at our Christmas Eve services. Oh, and by the way, next week, next Sunday is Christmas Eve. I almost forgot. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It is Christmas Eve next Sunday. Traditionally, we do a candlelight service at night on Christmas Eve, but since it fell on a Sunday, we will only do Christmas Eve services during the day at our normal services. So if you come Christmas Eve night like you would every other year, and will happen next year, we will not be here. So please do not come to campus Christmas Eve night because it'll be during Christmas Eve uh, during the day. So But on Christmas Eve, we'll read the Christmas story, and, you know, we'll we'll center our focus on that. But when you're looking at these things, I want you to see the work of the Holy Spirit. Look at the work of the Holy Spirit in Elizabeth's life. Look at the work of the Holy Spirit in John the Baptist when he's in his mother's womb. Look at the Holy Spirit in Zacharias' life. Look at the Holy Spirit um, in, in, in Mary's life. Look at the Holy Spirit in Joseph's life. The Holy Spirit is moving so mightily that it's producing a miraculous experience with Jesus. And this is what I want for you. I want you to see the power of the living God in your life. Like, I, I, I do not want your Christianity to stand in the wisdom of men of how well we communicate Scripture. I want your faith to stand in the power of God that you have seen God move. That the reason why you believe what you believe is not because your parents just told you to believe in it. But the reason why you believe what you believe is because you have seen God move in your life. And when you look at the the Christmas story, you see God moving everywhere. 
And when you look at like the, the book of Acts, which is what I want, I want a modern day book of Acts church. I don't want my experience to go beyond the book of Acts. If it's not in scripture, I don't want it seen in word of life. Like, I don't want our experiences to go beyond the book of Acts. But friends, I don't know about you, I will settle for nothing less than the book of Acts. Like, if it's in scripture, if it's in the ministry of Jesus, if, it, if it's in the writings of the apostle Paul, I want to contend for that in our church. And one of the things that you see in all of these things, the writings of the Apostle Paul, the ministry of Jesus, and in the book of Acts, you see the power of God. And it's coming from the person of the Holy Spirit. And you see these moments when he's moving in Acts. You see these moments when he's moving in the Christmas story. But I want you to see, and this is key, I want you to see what he's working with. Uh, because he's, he's working, you're going to see it in Acts, he's working with words. The Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. He works, the Holy Spirit works with words. In the book of Genesis, you see God speaking, and then you see the Holy Spirit moving. The Holy Spirit works with words. And when we see the Christmas story, you see that there were a lot of words around this event. In fact, so much so, go over to the book of Matthew. I just want to show you this real quickly. Book of Matthew chapter 1. Uh, you see the gospel writers in Matthew, uh, Luke, and John talk about the Lord's birth. But I want you to see how Matthew describes it in Matthew chapter 1 in verse number 22. Now, all this, what is all this? Everything you're about to read about the Christmas story. All these wonderful things that we're celebrating, baby in a manger, wise men coming, shepherds rejoicing. All this, watch this, all this took place. Why? To fulfill that which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God is with us. All throughout the Christmas story, you're going to see them refer back to prophecies about this moment where the Lord spoke through men and women who yielded their mouths for him. Um, you see that it's not just Isaiah speaking these things out. Uh, but you see, um, you know, people like in, in Scripture, in the Christmas story, Simeon. Simeon is just this guy who's praying, and while he's praying, the Lord tells him, you're, you're not going to die until you see the Savior of the world. And when Jesus comes in as a baby, he's looking at a baby, and he's like, this is what I've been praying for. And then you have Anna the prophetess. Like, her story just, it, it touched me this week. She's 84 years old, and she's been, been, been at this temple for all these years, praying. Uh, her husband passed away many years before that. She was only married seven years, and she made a decision after he passed away that she would not leave the temple. And I want you to think about every single day, this woman coming to the temple to do what? To serve the Lord, the Bible said, with prayer and fasting. And she's there, and what she's praying for is literally this moment, this moment where Jesus is born, this moment where a Savior is given to the world. And she spends her, her life on her knees praying for this moment. And my point is, is we see all of these people walking this stuff out. 
you see like provision come and you see uh, a virgin give birth to a, a baby and his name is Jesus. Like we see all of these amazing things that a family is walking out, that a mother is walking out. But I want you to see, before they ever walked it out, somebody somewhere was praying it out. That before they walked this moment out of like this baby, and this baby being born of this virgin who's seen an angel, like why is this happening? That it might be fulfilled of that which was spoken by the Lord through the mouth of Isaiah. And somebody somewhere yielded themselves to the Lord and prayed out what someone else would walk out. That that somebody somewhere was praying. They didn't even know the name of this woman. They didn't even know Mary. It was, you know, centuries, you know, decades later that they would walk in these things. But they are praying out what this woman Mary is walking out. They are praying out what this woman is living in. And this is the way of the Lord, and I want you to see this. The Holy Spirit works with words. Where there is no words, there is no work. If you want to see the work of the Spirit, you need to see the Word of the Lord. The Word of the Lord must come to your heart, but it almost also must come through your mouth. And we need to open up our mouths and pray out what God wants to do in 2024. We need to open up our mouths and pray out what God wants to do in the lives of our children. We, want, we don't want them to try to walk out what we have not prayed out. We want to pray it out before we walk it out. We want our words to go before us. So much so that before Jesus was born, literally, they had to send John before him. And what was John? He was the voice that prepared the way. Make the crooked places straight. Um, Make the, the, the low places high. Take the high places and make them low. That a voice was sent before Jesus. Uh, If Jesus needed a voice in his life, how much more do your children need a voice? How much more does your wife, your husband need a voice? How much more does your ministry need a voice? And so John is preparing the way of the Lord. How? Not with a shovel, but with his mouth. He is speaking out about Jesus and what he will do. A Savior will come. And these words are preparing a way in the earth. Literally, when it talked about John, it talked about that he would make a highway in the wilderness. And I, I don't know if, if any of you have ever been on, you know, missions journeys, but I look down and I see Brother Dean here uh, with us, Brother Dean and Nikki. They, they served with us so many years here at Word of Life. Brother Dean was my father's best friend. Um, and they met at a Bible school and served together in ministry all these years. And I, I just love Brother Dean and Nikki. Uh, but one of the things is we took a lot of trips to, to Africa together, especially in my 20s. And one of the things that you would see is like when you got over in the bush, there was no highway there. Uh, and what, what would take like 20 minutes here in the States could take like four days, it seemed like, uh, when you got stuck in these places because there was no one who went before us preparing a way for us that we would later go on. 
And this is what prayer is. Now, here's what happens with prayer. And it's so sad to me is we wait until we're in the wilderness. And then we get the prayer chain going to pray us out. It's like, hey, I'm going through this in my health. Will you pray for me? I'm going through this right now. Will you pray for me? And so what we're doing is, is in the day that we're in, we're asking other people to pray for that day. And thank God he can do it. God is a God of mercy. God is a God of grace. And God is a God of power. There's no situation you're in where God has not made a way out. But what we do is when we pray for people who are in a wilderness, like we're praying them out of that hedge and we're praying them onto the highway of the Lord. But God's best is that our voices go before moments we ever live out so that we have prayed out what we ourselves and others will later live out. That we have spent so much time on our knees today that we have prayed out tomorrow in such a way that when we get there, it's like, I prayed for that and I prayed for that and I prayed for that and I prayed for that. And you find yourself living in actually what you prayed for. And that's what Matthew's doing here. He's watching like, oh, there was a, a virgin who gave birth to a son. It's like, wait a minute. There was somebody somewhere who actually said this would happen and prayed that out in the earth. Now they're walking out what someone had prayed out. They are walking out what someone had prayed out. Go before your children. Pray out God's plan for them. Make a highway in the wilderness. Uh, be like, we, we need more Annas, people who know, like, I can serve the Lord with prayer. I, I can serve the Lord with prayer. I can go before my children. I, I can go before my wife. I, I can go before my husband. I can go before our president. I, I can go before our nation, and I can pray out what they will later walk out. And I, I just want to encourage you, like, I don't care how young you are, how imperfect you are, your prayers matter and they add up. I, I can remember growing up in the, the home of my father and mother and like I could, I, my, some of my memories are so vivid. I can remember coming in the house and my father just be sitting there with a guitar singing in the spirit and just praying in the spirit. And, and I know so much of like what I'm living out, he prayed out. That there are things that I'm seeing in my life that the reason why I'm seeing them is because he, his voice went before me. I think about how I met my wife and how supernatural that was. And I know I had a voice that went before me. And I, I look at what's happened in my church and what happened even in the ministry. And I know it's because I've had voices that have gone before me. Who needs your voice to go before them? And you may be looking at your life and you're like... I don't know of any voices that have gone before me. You have your voice. Let your voice go before you. Begin praying out. What will next year look like? Pray it out. Begin to prophesy things out. Get in the spirit and pray things out. Every time you pray, even if you feel like it's imperfect, every time you pray, the Holy Spirit in his mercy will work with those words. He works with the words to confirm the words with signs following. And so I just want you, no matter who you are or where you're starting at, how old you are or how young you are, to spend more time praying for it. And somebody says, well, how do I pray? I just want to give you three quick things. Here's how you pray. Number one, who do you pray for? Anyone. <laughs> anyone. Anyone you have a heart for. Anyone you want to see God move on.
Now, one of the keys to prayer is compassion. It's not just faith, but compassion. Jesus often, when his power was demonstrated, was when he was moved with compassion. Compassion is powerful. God is love. He doesn't have it. He is it. And when you get sensitive to love, you're getting sensitive to God, and that's where miracles are. And there are people in your life that you have a heart of compassion for. Like, and that's like I, I talked about JP and Larissa. When I saw JP, I had compassion for him. And I knew there's an assignment there for me. And, and when I know that there's an assignment, I know God has given me the gift of giving that, and given this church the gift of giving. Um, that, that out of that, we will, will help things uh, financially. But I also know the call of God on my life is to be John that oftentimes there will be ministries that go way beyond me. It's the same for Brian and Natalia, that there will be ministries that go way beyond me, that, that, that they go way beyond me. But I am one in the wilderness preparing the way of the Lord, praying out what they will later walk in and having an assignment there. And there are people like that in your life uh, that, that genuinely you have a heart for them. And I know if you're a parent, like you have a heart for your children. And you know what? I don't care who those children are. There are things in their future that you need to pray out. There are things, people in their future, you need to pray out. Places they will be, you need to pray out. And your voice needs to go beyond them. We had dinner with JP and Larissa on Friday night, like I, I said. And, uh, you know, I knew a little bit of their story because I went on their website and I watched some of their messages and that kind of thing. And I heard Larissa, uh, you know, teaching and preaching and sharing a little bit of her story. And she talked about how she really walked away from some things in her teenage years. And, and talking to them on, on Friday night, like I knew she came back because like now they're missionaries in Egypt. So like that's not just coming back, that's coming back. Uh, you know, like that's awesome, uh, that kind of thing. But like hearing their story of like how her grandmother is, you know, on their de her deathbed uh, for the first time. Uh, and uh, she came back, uh, that kind of thing. But, but hearing her talk about her grandmother and her grandmother pulling Larissa's father in and said, don't worry about Larissa. Two weeks ago, I prayed her through. I prayed her through. And you see people doing amazing things. It's like, man, I see like this girl, Larissa, like she, her family is out living in Egypt with her two girls and like how wonderful. And you know why? It's not just because she's awesome and has a huge heart for God. It's because she had a voice that went before her. And I want to encourage you, be that for somebody. Be that for your sons. Be that for your daughters. Be that for the people who have your heart. Be that for those you have compassion for. Who you pray for. Whoever you want to see God move on. Uh, what do you pray for? Anything. <laughs> anything that concerns you. Anything that you care about. I anything that needs a touch of God's power. I love 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7. It just said, casting all of your cares over upon the Lord, for he cares for you. Casting all of you. And, and we take that and we over-spiritualize it. Here's what that just simply means. Do you care about it? Pray for it. Uh, do you care if your children find the right friends? Pray for it. Do you care if you do well in that business meeting? If you care about it, pray for it. Do you pray if there's peace in your care if you have peace in your family? Pray for it. Do, do, do you, are you watching on the news? And it's like, I care. Pray for it. 
If you care about it, pray for it. If you care about it, pray for it. If you care about it, that's reason enough to see God's power on it. Like God loves you. Why Why pray for it? Because he affectionately cares for you. If you care about it, that's reason enough to pray for it. And that's, that's all the reason he needs is his children care about it. And thirdly, I want you to pray with authority in the name of Jesus. Pray with authority in the name of Jesus. Pray with authority in the name of Jesus. Watch this in Acts 3. I want you to let your eyes rest on it. Uh, We see Peter and John going up to the temple in the hour of prayer in Acts 3. And watch this encounter. I just... This, this has been so big in me. Verse 1, now Peter and John were going up to the temple on the ninth hour, the hour of prayer, and there was a man there who'd been lame from his mother's womb, carried along whom they used to set down every day, the gate which was called beautiful. Verse 3, when he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms, but Peter, along with John, fixed his gaze on him and said, look at us. I love the boldness. Look at us. And he began to give them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. And Peter said, I do not possess silver. I do not have gold. But what I do have, what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, walk. And seizing him by the right hand, he raised him up. And immediately his feet and his ankles were strengthened. And with a leap, he stood upright and began to walk and entered into the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and leaping and praising God. And they were taking note of him as being the one who used to sit at the gate called Beautiful, begging alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. And here's what I love is you have these people who have been with Jesus who have also been filled with God's Holy Spirit. And they come across a need that's so much bigger than they could help in the natural. And even if they had money, they could maybe feed him for a day, but they couldn't help him for a life. And they see this need in the natural. And, and, and we look at these things, it's like, but what could I ever do about that? It, it's so big. What, what could I ever do about that? Like when I compare it to what I have in the natural, it's just so big and the need is so huge. What could I ever do? But I love their heart. They knew I have something in the spiritual that can impact something in the natural. I have something in the spiritual that can change something in the natural. I have something in the spiritual that can change something. What I'm seeing with my eyes, I have something in my life which is bigger than what I am seeing. What I do have, I give unto you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, with authority, they picked this man up and they saw a miracle. And this is what prayer is. Prayer is knowing I have something. What do I have? I have a risen Savior who is on my side, who overcame death, hell, and the grave. And he told me I could ask anything in his name. And he would make it personal. He would do it. So I'm not going to sit here and feel sorry for myself. And I'm not going to sit here and think I can't do anything. I have something. If I'm a born again child of God, I have something. And it might not be something you can see with your eye. And it might not be something you can even understand with your brain. 
But I have something in my heart. It's the name of Jesus. And it's a belief that prayer can change absolutely anyone and change absolutely anything. So I'm going to pray with authority in his name and believe to see miracles. I'm going to believe to see miracles. I'm going to pray and I'm going to believe to see miracles. When I pray, I, I involve my whole man. And somebody says, what do you mean by that? Jesus said, believe you receive when you pray. I don't just utter words. I see the victory in my heart, and then I say what I see. I see the victory in my heart, and I say what I see. I see the promise in my heart, and I say what I see. I, I want to link up my heart with my mouth. Like when we believe with the heart and confess with our mouth, salvation is made possible. Not just in our lives, but in our world. Salvation is made possible. He, he is a Savior. And he has the power to save. See it in your heart. If your parents are walking through something hard, see in your heart peace in your home and say it with your mouth. I speak peace to this in the name of Jesus. If someone's walking through a hard time, see it in your heart. See deliverance. I speak deliverance to this in Jesus' name. Someone's going through a period of time where they don't have provision. See in your heart like God dropping it off some way, somehow. He could use a raven to drop it off at their front door. But it's like, God, I see you. You are a provider. You are Jehovah Jireh. I see your provision. You always have a ram and a jam. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus. You will bring provision into their life. See it and say it. See it and say it. Believe it in your heart. Say it with your mouth. You know what you'll find? You'll find a supply of the Spirit. Paul said, I know this will, I know this will turn. How? Through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit. So let's do that today. Let's pray and then we'll worship. Father, we come before you. We thank you for your amazing grace. We thank you for our friends and our families. And Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus that we will lift up our voices and we will pray. We will be the voices in the wilderness that prepare a way of the Lord, not just for our lives, but for the lives of those who've captured our hearts. Father, let us be people who pray for our sons. Let us be people who pray for our daughters. Let us be people who will pray for our friends. And let us even be people who will pray for ourselves. Father, let us not lean on our flesh, but let us lean on the Spirit. Let us lean on what He can produce and what He can provide. And Father, I just thank You in the name of Jesus for sons and daughters coming home. Not just home to families, but home into Your kingdom. Just like the testimony we shared of Larissa, Father, I thank you. That's happening in the lives of many people. That there are people who are coming to themselves even right now in Jesus' name. We see the eyes of their understanding as being enlightened. And they see they need Jesus. They see the hope of their calling. They see what you've called them to do. They see who they are in you. And Father, we say in this season, before the end of the year, they are coming to themselves. Coming back to you. Coming home. And answering the call, Father, we thank you for it. We thank you that our sons and our daughters will be praises in the earth.
and they will glorify you and your kingdom. We love you, Lord, and we ask for it in the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus. Amen and amen.